and I'm so excited for what God's about to do today. I can sense the presence of God. Um, y'all, one of my greatest honors is to get to lead um, along with my wife this amazing church. And um, for all of you who have just started coming to Transformation Church over this past year, there are things that we have done since the very beginning of our ministry that I really do believe have qualified us to be used by God in a very um, big way. Um, right now, even as we sit in this room in a converted grocery store on the north side of Tulsa. Oh yeah, I, like, I love that. There are tens of thousands of people watching and joining us right now and, and, and being a part of what God's doing in other countries where they're persecuted for going to a local building to be able to meet, but at an internet cafe because they don't have it at their home because of government regulations they'll they'll wake up and go to an internet cafe and join in with what god's doing at transformation church do y'all oh y'all can do better than that that is huge so many times what we take for granted is somebody's only option and and, and so today God's using us in that way, but it's because of some principles that we've decided to do to represent. Everybody say represent. represent. That's the vision and the mission of this church is to represent God to two groups of people, lost people and found people for one reason, transformation in Christ. And so one of those things is me and Pastor Natalie have been pastors of this church now for almost five years coming up in February. And that time has gone by like this, like and um, one thing we do every, every July is me and my wife and my family, we take a sabbatical for the entire month of July. And, and, and thank you, I got one that's good. <laughs> Some of y'all are like, where are you going? <laughs> okay. One of the things that we decided at the very beginning of this ministry is that we would not build this ministry just on my personality. That we would build it on principles that would be able to sustain and stand if I was the pastor if, or if somebody else was the pastor. And our goal and our job is to build something that will outlast all of us. We want there to be a transformation church around when our children's 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 children are on the earth. Can I get one big amen for that? Okay. And so, so part of this is for this week, I'm preparing content. I'm doing stuff all the time and I try to give my very best for you guys. But I, I really do believe there's something powerful and anointed that happens in rest. I mean, when you think about when God created everything, he was done in six days, but he still put a seventh day in there to paint an internal picture that no matter what you're doing, if you give God opportunity, he can do much more when, when you're not in everything and relationship goals, which is a series that a lot of people even heard about our ministry out of that series happened the first day I was back off of a sabbatical. Y'all. I get so recharged. God speaks to me. And you're saying, what, what happens on the sabbatical, Pastor Mike? Because you're our pastor. We need to know. <laughs> you don't really need to know, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Um, the first week we give to our children, we do what we call PK vacay. Nobody knows the sacrifice that our little babies go through for us to do what God's called us to do. And so for five to seven days, we do everything that want to do bubbles speak splash everything and, and we do that because i've heard too many people get to the end of their christian life and they gave everything for god and none of their kids love jesus won't happen here and so um 
So we do PK vacay and then me and my wife go somewhere tropical. I mean, I'm not wearing no shorts. I, I mean, shirts. <laughs> maybe, maybe I expose too much. <laughs> I will have on shorts. Um, <laughs> but we're going to go somewhere and we're just going to relax together and just try to fall more in love. Just because I... At the, at the moment, at the moment that you heard Pastor Mike cheating on his wife, none of y'all come here no more. So they all want it while it seems healthy. But at the moment it goes wrong, nobody wants to hear from it. So we have to do things to intentionally keep our marriage healthy. And then, and then, and then we're going to come back here and, and do honeydew things around the house. And then that last five days, I'm going to go away and I'm going to seek God. Nobody's going to go. I'm going to fast and I'm going to pray. And I'm going to ask God, what, what does the next five months look like for 2019? What do you want me to preach? Show me what you, what you want me to focus in on. And I'm telling you, every time I've set this meeting with God, he's never missed it. And I'm telling you, when this happens, when I get back, <laughs> we're going to a whole nother level. And this is what I encourage everybody. You won't hear many pastors say this, but I'm encouraging. I'm trying to model for you what health looks like. So I'm encouraging you. I'm giving you permission. During, during this time of year, I want you to take a Sunday off of church. I'm the pastor telling you that. Now, some of y'all take too many Sundays off of church. Some of y'all, this is the first time you've been here. See, baby, he told us we didn't have to come. But I think it's healthy that, that you plan like, hey, these two weekends, we're not coming to church. We're not losing our connection with God. But we're going to use this time to invest in our family or to do something. In our... Now, I would ask that all y'all don't do it at the same time I do it. So don't take July and just be gone. OK, but what I am saying is I would rather us last and be in this for a long time than to have a little blip on the radar. And, and it was like, y'all remember Transformation Church? No, 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 no. We're here to represent God for a long time. And so what I'm asking you is I want you to come. I promise you that during the month of July, every week there's going to be a word from God. Every week, this is my baby right here. This is my responsibility. I will not put nobody up here who's not going to deliver the word of God to you. And, and really, you don't want to hear from Pastor Mike. You want to hear from God. And God speaks in so many different forms in so many different ways so your expectation to, should go to another level as we come for the whole month of July amen yeah. amen so I, I want to honor you and I want to thank you for that invite friends most churches decline in the summer we grow in the summer every year since we've had a church we grow in the summer because fun month is what we're about to go into and some of y'all don't know nothing about fun month and, and we do it every year. But I, I thought I wouldn't do the announcement for fun month. I thought I would allow somebody that's a little more handsome than me and can articulate it a little bit better. Tell you about fun month. Take a, a look at the screens for me real quick. You know what time of year it is. It is fun month at Transformation Church. And I'm telling you, every week in July, we are about to turn up. Some of y'all want to know, what is fun month? It's spirit week on steroids. We are about to have the best time, and you don't want to miss it. Starting July 7th, Capital C Sunday. And this is when we cancel all Transformation Church services. What? Yes, you heard that. 
that right, we're canceling all Transformation Church services and we're going to go be a part of other congregations in our community and in our city. Because it's not just about TC. It's about what God's doing in the capital C church. And after that, it is Tropical Sunday. So I want you to grab your grass skirts and your Hawaiian shirts and meet us here for an amazing worship experience. Put me in, coach. After that, you get to join us for Rep Your Team Sunday. So I need you to wear your favorite jersey of your high school team, professional team, college team, and come represent because there's one king and it's not LeBron. And then we're going to close out the month with all you cool cats and foxy ladies on Throwback Sunday. So I want you to dress in your bell bottoms or your throwbacks and come enjoy a God that never changes. You do not want to miss Fun Month at TC because we are going to enjoy it all. Anybody excited about Fun Month at Transformation Church? Amen. Well, anybody ready for the word this morning? Today I am pumped. Because this is part 10 of a series that we've been in forever called Mark. And I'm excited about it because... um. The only time you do something this long in church is when you know God's trying to get something really deep down in a group of people. And I really do believe that God has been trying to tell us for the past two and a half months that you are marked by God. That he has called you to do something phenomenal that nobody else is um, called to do. That you, no matter the opposition or what has happened in your life, that you were marked and born and you have the DNA for greatness on the inside of you. But the problem is people who are marked do not a lot of times enjoy the process. And because there is a process to your palace or a process to your purpose, many people get knocked out in an early round because they did not know that this wasn't going to be easy. And many of you are sitting here right now paralyzed in your purpose because you had some hits of life that took you out because you were not expecting them. You prayed, you got saved, you asked God to, to use you, and then you thought it was straight to the palace. Straight to my purpose. Straight to being debt free. Straight to all my kids loving me and, and, and obeying me. But what happens is if you don't see these hits of life coming, you, you don't stay in the fight. And we are in a fixed fight if we would just stand. Everybody say stand. stand. Say it again. Say stand. stand. So we've been going for the past 10 weeks. And I want you to go back and watch the series before because we have um, laid out really through the life and the leadership of David. How if you're marked by God, some of the things you're going to have to go through. I didn't say might go through. I said you're going to have to go through it. Things like being anointed before your position. Things like nobody's going to co-sign what God's doing, but he's giving you something. Things like having to to actually um, walk down a path and step towards obstacles and not step back from obstacles. Like all of these things you're going to have to go through. But as David, we talked about last week, he defeats Goliath. He uses what's in his hands. And now he is the man. Like when you beat a giant that nobody else would fight, you become the man. And so David now, the Bible tells us, 
is the captain of about a thousand men. And they go out winning all of these wars for Saul, who was the king. And they would come back from these expeditions. And, you know, I don't know how you like when you win a game, if you play basketball or Uno or anything for me. <laughs> when you win, like you like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? That was nothing. <laughs> I do this every morning. Like this is this is kind of what happened, not from David's perspective, but from the people's perspective. People started glorifying what God was doing through David. This is a side note for somebody. When you're marked, make sure you're listening for the applause of God. Not the applause of people. Because it'll throw you off. So David is coming in. And all of these groupies start singing this song. And, 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 And I mean, it was a hit song. Back in this time, matter of fact, I had them find in the archives a a video of what the song kind of sound like. It was number one, a hit record for many years. Could you play that video for me real quick? Just just in case they forgot. He got groupies now. It's like, oh, my God, look at that, man. Look at him. Oh, look at him. He finally like that. Now, he he didn't have that before. And one day, the groupies made a song and they was like, David. says jealousy came into Saul's heart and even though David was fighting for him he now decided that somebody that was on his side was now his enemy and when you're marked I just want to help you understand this because David and Saul had a valuable relationship but this is the thing you got to understand that if you're marked by God, this is probably one of the hardest lessons I've ever had to learn. When you're marked, valuable relationships will reposition. And this sucks. Like, like when, when people who were on your side, who were on your team, who you won victories for and with, now label you an enemy. Now think because you've come to another level of your purpose, you've changed. They're not the same no more. They, they, no, they fake now. No, no, no. I just, I'm just busier now. I'm not fake. This is what we dreamed about. This is what we prayed for. I prayed to be healed. The reason why we connected was over our deficiencies. Now I'm walking in healing and I can't hang in that same area where we were able to connect. And so now you think I'm different and now you talk about me. Now you're throwing arrows at me. We prayed when we were drunk at that one time. We prayed to get free. We prayed not to be dealing with our sexual urges in this way. We prayed to be married. We prayed. But now that I'm walking in a level of my freedom. 
you're marked and you don't know this, this will take you out of the game. As I've walked in ministry, I've had people that I consider friends that I was down with, that prayed for me, that stood with me in one season. They walked away. No explanation. Heard they was talking about stuff. I've had people pray, like lay their hands and say, God's going to use you. And you're about to do something and leave the church. And take other people with you. prophesied. You said it. But I'm trying to help you understand something. Look at it in 1 Samuel chapter 24. I want you, I want you to see this because I want to help somebody in the end of this series. That, 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 that once God takes you to that next level, don't think that the process is over. It said after Saul returned from fighting the Philistines, he was told that David had gone into the wilderness. So now you're about to send people to send people to find David. Verse three, at that place where the road passes, some shepherds falls. Saul went into a cave to relieve himself. But as it happened, David and his men were hiding further back in that very cave. So let, let me paint the picture of what's happening right now. David has to go on the run because the very people that he was fighting for now see him as an enemy and they're they're literally trying to assassinate him now somebody might not be trying to physically kill you but some people may be trying to assassinate your character they may be trying to assassinate like like your purpose like when when a deal's about to go through and they'll be like hey have you ever heard of of john he's like oh you don't want whom i ain't saying nothing but You just said a whole bunch. <laughs> you, you, you know how you've never met somebody, but somebody gives you an impression of them before you ever meet them. Like, like this, this is what's happening is, is David is on the run. He's running from what God has called him to because somebody in power or in leadership is trying to assassinate him. And he learns that, that this ain't fair. This is not what God promised me. This doesn't, what happens when my own family members, like, like the people, they don't believe in what God's called me to do. So every time I go home for Christmas or every time I go home for Thanksgiving, it's a joke. I'm talking real stuff right now. It's a joke that you're even doing what God's called you to do. And what happens is we may not be in a literal cave, but many times in our purpose, we're hiding in the back of something. Like we're not in a cave because somebody is, is coming to kill us, but we're, in, we're, we're not in the foreground. We're not in the light doing what God's called us to do. We're trying to work on what God's called us to do in the back so nobody can see us. And this is a perfect picture of when you are in a very vulnerable situation and you have the opportunity to take revenge or to get back at the people who are trying to get at you what your response has to be. Because Saul walks into this cave that he does not know David and his strong, the Bible calls them mighty men, are in. Now, these dudes are gangster. No, 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 no. You don't even understand what I'm saying. The Bible chronicles, like some of these dudes, like one dude killed a thousand dudes by himself. Wow. That was one of his dudes. And he, David and his goons are in the back of the cave. And in walks the man who's been trying to kill them in the most vulnerable position. He's using the bathroom. 
He said he was trying to relieve himself. Y'all don't be reading the Bible. Now, any man knows that when you go to use the restroom, that is the most vulnerable position that you are in. Nobody's on guard while they're taking a pee. Matter of fact, I'm not, <laughs> let me stop. Okay, let me just stop. But all I'm saying to you is you're not thinking at that moment, somebody's about to attack me. You're not thinking at that moment. And God allows David to be in a place where he gets to see the person that has been coming after him in a vulnerable position. What do you do when you see your boss that don't like you in a vulnerable position? What do you do when you see your parent who's doing the best they can but didn't have any reference of parenting for themselves and now you see them in a vulnerable position? What do you do? What do you do when you see your coworker who y'all are going after the same job in a vulnerable position? Most of us do what culture says. Culture says, get them. Culture says, do it. If they've done something to me, culture says, do it back to them. But I want you to watch the response of a marked person as opposed to a person that, that may be trying to make their own way or striving to make something happen. Somebody say, I'm marked. Say it like you mean it. I'm marked. When you're marked, your response is different to the same situations. And I want you to see this. David is sitting here and his enemy is in a vulnerable position in front of him. Look what happens in 1 Samuel chapter 24, verse 4. It says, now's your opportunity. These are the mighty men around him. They said, David. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We prayed for this moment. Now's your opportunity. Kill him. Matter of fact, I want to title that. This, this message, this talk, I'll, that's what I want to title it. Now's your opportunity. Yeah, the reason I want to title it because what comes after this is going to show us if you're marked or not. Because now's your opportunity to catch your leader, catch the person who's been doing you wrong in a vulnerable position and kill him. Or now's your opportunity if you're marked. Now, you, not, you might not be, you might, this may be the qualifier for you right here. But if you're marked, you have to have the audacity to honor. Yep. See, this, the way we're going to end this is checking your heart. You're going to have to have the audacity to honor. And this is hard. This is not enjoyable. But this makes you more like God. Now, now, Pastor Mike, I don't I don't really know if uh, if this is God, because I'm seeing that the mighty men that David was with, they had a different opinion. Yeah, they sure did, because they were telling David in the face of a hardship that, that God was the one who was providing this opportunity for David to dishonor. Watch this man said, now's your opportunity. David's men whispered to him, be careful who you got whispering to you. Because 
People who don't know what's on your life will try to tell you things that disqualify you from your purpose. He said his men was whispering to him. Today, the Lord is telling you. Now they talking. But they said the Lord saying this. Y'all look at it. Today, the Lord is telling you. Ah, I will certainly put your enemy into your power to do with as you wish. And this just for a moment sounded so good to David that he started going up to Saul to kill him. He said, y'all right. God did give this opportunity to me so I can do what I'm supposed to do. And the Bible says that David crept up to Saul. And it was like, I'm about to shank this fool. <laughs> shank for everybody who's never been in a uh, legal <laughs> extremity. I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Shank is like taking some and just like just stabbing them. Okay. So she's like, Sally, shank. <laughs> he walks up to him. The leader not even having a clue what's about to happen. And he literally says, he's thinking about every opportunity that Saul had to actually love on him and take him in and, and actually be, be a mentor to him for real. And he really wanted somebody to show him how to be a king. And he really, he's thinking of all the missed opportunities and he's thinking about, he's been on the run for, for such a long time. And that was my perfect opportunity to defame him. To take away everything he's built. To be the one to walk out of this cave where nobody knows what would happen in here unless I go out and say it to them. I can take him out. I found an email that nobody's seen. They accidentally put me in the group text. And I got some information I wasn't supposed to get. Oh, I'm coming to your house today. I, I, over, I overheard the reason why they left the job or left the church. I have an opportunity to kill what's caused me so much frustration. And what does David do? At the moment he can do it, the Bible says he cuts off a piece of his robe. Huh? Some of y'all was like, no! But see, honor, this word is, is crazy. It's a kingdom word. It's a word that goes against culture. Let me, let me tell you what honor means. To value, to prize, or to give weight to something. What are you giving weight to? What are you, what are you adding value to? Some of us go everywhere and we take value. We come in rooms and we can pick apart everything that's wrong. We do that. And God says, you're not acting in my character. I want you to add value. I want you to, to, to prize it, to give weight to it. And at this moment, David has the ability to get revenge. And let me tell you, revenge always seems like the right thing to do in the moment. Always seems like the right thing to do. But I want you to see this. They're, they're telling them, God's saying to do this. But when I look at the scriptures, 
God's idea of honor is completely different than man's idea of honor. And let's see what God has to say about honor real quick. And then we're going to pick back up in David's story. Look at 1 Peter 2.17. It says honor. Everybody say honor. Because you're going to have to have the audacity to do this. Honor who? All people. Dang it. Dang it. It says honor all people. Love the brotherhood, fellow Christians, people who believe like you. Love them. God, that's easy. No, no, actually it's not. But it should be easier because we're all going the same way. So maybe I can get that one. If I live my life and I can just love other people who think like me, honor other people who act like me, honor other people who have the same political party as me, honor... Maybe that'll be good. But it says, honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, and then honor the king. Now, when this was written, Peter's Peter's writing this, and I want you to know a little something about the king at this time, because this meant something. The king at this time was a guy named Nero, and Nero was a bad king. Nero is so bad that he he murdered his mother. He mothered his first wife. I guess his second wife didn't get the memo because she married him and he murdered her too. At this time, Nero set his kingdom on fire and burned two thirds of it down so that he could build more castle for himself and blamed it on the Christians of the time. But Peter, who would go and be crucified by the same guy a few months later, Said you need to honor the king. No. No, no, no. I will not honor anybody who does not line up with my moral values. Now this is coming for some people because right now you, you could go on to Facebook and Instagram right now and type in one word or one leader or our president or anybody else. And you could see. Well, he ain't worth honoring. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Now, I didn't make this up. Okay, this ain't me. I have a hard time doing this. But when God puts somebody in position, it is not your responsibility to check them. It is your responsibility to pray for them. And then it is your responsibility, everybody say this word with me, to honor. Now, I know people going to be talking and I know some of y'all ain't never going to come back to the church. But I, you don't know how I voted. But no matter who goes into the office. And that's why some people are like, yeah, 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 Trump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you didn't honor when Obama was in office. You OK with honoring now? Y'all, I'm going to need security on the way out of here. You honoring now? But you didn't honor. All, all I'm saying is what happens is it exposes the posture of our heart. When we have the opportunity not to agree, but to place value on, to add value to, 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 to put weight on. And yeah, there's things I disagree with all the time with not just a president, with with my lawn care people. 
I want to bring it down to level. Like, it's not just honoring the president or honoring uh, our boss. It's like honoring the people who are the leader of my grass right now. <laughs> See, because the problem is we feel like certain people deserve honor. <laughs> 